And um, I was thinking about a year ago was kind of when we first started all these uh, these Zoom classes. And really, it's, you know, it's been a, for me, at least been a quite a silver lining that uh, I've been learning with people you don't usually learn with. And, you know, definitely uh, a lot of advantages. Uh, hopefully we can keep the advantages and move on to the other advantages. So I was deciding, you know, it's two days before Pesach. Do we do we get together? I was like, you know what? I, I took a look at this week's Way to Wisdom. And it had so many, uh, it always works out this way, so many striking uh, um, parallels with Pesach. So we'll spend a few minutes uh, getting ready for Pesach. So way number 22 is Arichas Apayim. It's kind of comical if you translate it literally, but it means literally long nostrils because an af is a nose and aruch means long, but literally means long nostrils. Now, what, what does it mean long nostrils? It means be patient, be slow to anger. That's what it means, be slow to anger. Why does it talk about long noses if we're talking about being slow to anger? Well, we know that a person, uh, the concept when a person gets angry, their nose flares. So that's really what, what, what it comes from. But the idea is that if you want to be a wise person, you're going to have to learn how to control your temper. Um, we are, and, and obviously all these shades of gray of that. Controlling frustration. How do you deal with frustration? How do you even learn to enjoy frustration? So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, how we can deal with the daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes moment, uh, even uh, minute challenge of getting upset and getting frustrated and getting annoyed. And obviously, if a person can have those things to some degree or whatever degree you can have it, it definitely helps towards wisdom. I can't tell you how many times when just simply time it takes up. So much time and energy and headspace, if you had that, you'd just be so much wiser because you would just have that much more time and energy. So uh, that alone, uh, which I'm going to talk a lot more about it, that alone is helpful. <coughs> when a, um, Really, when a person loses their temper, essentially what's happening is it sometimes happens very fast, but you're basically giving in to frustration. Person has intense feelings, and what do you do with those feelings, right? When we're angry, we're blind. In fact, the Talmud says when a person's angry, it's like they're serving idols. Because the same way when you serve an idol, there's another boss. But when, when we're angry and we're frustrated and we're not as in control, we're not in charge. We're not the boss. And, and, and uh, one of Judaism's basic ideas, and this is certainly very thematic with Pesach, is that we're the boss. We're, we, we, we weren't Egypt. We weren't the boss of ourselves. Um, but the reality is, as hard as being frustrated, annoyed, and being angry is, 
it is possible to be in control. We've, we probably can all look back in our lives and there were times when we were able to not be frustrated, not be too annoyed and not too angry. We certainly have seen other people who are good at it. So you know, whenever we feel it's impossible, it's important to know that it's possible. Because if it's possible, then you can uh, possibly expect yourself to be able to do that sometimes. So the story goes, there was, you know, you know, a person trying to figure out what's possible. So someone had a Porsche, brand new Porsche, pulled it out of the car dealership. They got to take it for a nice, you know, uh, back, some back road and go, you know, really test it out. What happens? They're out of red light and the guy behind them bumps. Oh my gosh, $250,000 car, booms the car. And then they wave the red light, and the guy again, he rears back, boom. Three times hits your brand new, doesn't really hurt anybody, but just messes with your car. You get out of the car, you're going to give this person a piece of your mind. And who gets out of the car? A seven foot four linebacker. And you're, you were getting to really give it to the person. And as soon as you take one look at the guy, you're like, Part of me, um, is there any chance am I in your way? So what happens? You were living angry. You were going to give it to the guy. But reality checked in that being angry here is only going to be counterproductive. Then it's obvious. But most of the time, it's not obvious. But that, but that really is the reality, that we, if we get in touch with reality enough, we're able to be diplomatic when we really, really know that that's what we need and we see no other alternative. And that's the truth, really uh, getting very angry and getting very frustrated, getting very annoyed. It's never really, a, it's never a good alternative. It's all, we, we all know how we feel at times we can't help it, but it's never a good alternative. So how, how are we gonna be able to work on this? We know it's not easy. It's normal that it's not easy. This is the, something which every single human being under the sun struggles with. So certainly nothing to feel bad about, but something to uh, work on. And we'll see this has a lot to do with Pesach. So the first thing, like we already said, is that it is possible to gain clarity. And we know that there are people that, that are able to do it. There are, we, we, we've all seen people who can be frustrated and then just move on. But it is true that sometimes, even if someone doesn't react in a visceral or violent or very mean way, sometimes just um, stopping is also not helpful. If a person stops doing something every time they get frustrated or annoyed, then uh, that, that's, that's not good. So what are we going to do? Let's make a list. Make a short list. Make a long list if you want. We'll start with the short list. Of things that you've started and stopped. Started and quitted. You started a diet. You started to learn an instrument. You started to learn a language. You started to organize something. You started a project. You learned something. You endeavored a friendship. There's endless things, big and small. You want to start flossing every day. You want to uh, take better care of a certain part of your health. Take that list. You write down, let's say, 10, 15, 20. If I can write thousands of things. 
and then see, but what would have happened? You're right next to what would have happened if I wouldn't have stopped. Sometimes you stop because you have to stop. Sometimes there's a very good reason to stop. But very often it's just not a good reason. You say, wow, imagine if I would have kept learning Spanish. Imagine if I by now I'd be able to play keyboard. Imagine if I, right? You do all that and you see the losses and the gains. And most likely you'll be, wow. And, and but the greatest loss that happens when we start things and stop them, obviously there is a time and place, and we'll talk about that when it is appropriate to stop things. Some things, you know, you make a mistake, and we'll talk about how to figure that out. But the worst thing that happens is something called self-confidence. But the more times you start something and stop something, you even to, certainly to other people, you lose, there's a credibility gap. I know in real estate, if, if you are the kind of person who makes an offer to sell something or to buy something and you renege on it, no one wants to do business with you again because people put in a lot of work, a lot of effort. And if you're just going to pull out, people don't, don't, they don't do business with you anymore. And people lose confidence. I was talking to a, a, a famous therapist once and he said that there are certain things that, you know that you see that people we we just you can't do them because you you've lost your self confidence in them because you haven't you haven't given yourself the ability to that that you can trust yourself to see things through. That's why people can't commit to things or a person can't try something because they they they've shown themselves so many times that they're going to quit anyway. So the worst the biggest uh, loss of not seeing things through is to ourselves, our own credibility and our own self-confidence. So then you make another list and you see how many things that I dream about doing that I never even started. Now, they can be small little things. You know, I never thought of joining a dance club because I'm not a dancer, right? I never, uh, you know, whatever it might be. It could be something pathetic. But think of so many things that you never started because you didn't think you could do it. So at this point, you have to realize that most of the things that we started and stopped, many of the things that we've dreamt about and never tried, it's most of the time ration, just a rationalization. Because most of us, if we had a good idea, we started it, we probably could have seen it to fruition. We just stopped for whatever reason, and that's part of human nature. But it's just helpful to understand that. You know, um, you know, I, I, one of my favorite things to talk about is fundraising, because thank God I've had the opportunity to raise a lot of money. And I've seen a lot of people who are scared stiff of doing it. <laughs> and sometimes it's sad because they have responsibility, and they're not doing their responsibility. And a lot of times it's just, 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 they really would be successful. Um, and I'm sure I do it in other things that happens to be something that has worked out well for me. So now take your list, pick the easiest thing on the list. Let's say every day you're going to have one glass of water. I don't know, wherever you're at, right? Take one easy thing on the list and do it. Because when you undertake something and you don't quit, Rabbi A.J. Tversky of blessed memory, he was very into this. 
people who had, had hard self problems with their self confidence, he would tell them to uh, take try something pathetically easy, commit to doing it, and do it. He said, for example, let's say uh, I'm a per you know, I say, you know what? You need a bottle of seltzer. I'm going to get you a bottle of seltzer. Here you go. You say you're going to do something and you do it. You feel good about it. And and uh, and, and and basically tell yourself that I'm, unless, you know, someone's going to die, I'm not, if I commit to doing things, I'm not going to quit unless. Now, when do you quit? It, it is important to know when to stop. Right? Because if you don't know how to stop, you'll never start. So how do you stop? The way you stop is you have to have a concrete new thing that has new information that you didn't know before. So something new came up that you didn't realize about yourself or someone else or the situation. And then that's criteria number one. Something new came up. For example, I know someone who was supposed to host people for the Seder. It was ambitious for them. What happened? They can't do it because of COVID, right? That's a very concrete thing to say, you know what? You call the people up and you say, I know I was going to have you for the Seder. I can't because of COVID. That is a concrete thing. But to say, oh, I got nervous. I started going shopping and I saw how hard it is to make it. That's a rationalization. Now, that's criteria number one to quit. Number one to quit is you have a concrete new piece of information that has changed. Number two is what are you going to do instead? A lot of times we say, oh, I, this is not a good idea because of X, Y, Z. Now, you might have a good idea, but what are you going to do instead? If you don't have a better or better alternative, often you just keep doing it, even if it's not the best idea. So that is the way. I, those are the only two ways then you should quit. You quit if you have a better alternative that makes sense. And the reason to change is because there's a piece of new information. All right, point number seven. The reality is everything that God makes has a purpose. You know, the Talmud talks about the purpose of gnats and all kinds of creatures. It's fascinating. A piece in the Talmud, it talks about all the amazing things and it also applies to parts of our personality and habits that we have every habit that we have can be used in um uh um in an amazing way so let's give an example we all know i, I actually i know the pilot many of the people who are on right now this is not true for but it's true for me and most people so you're in bed, and you don't want to get up. The alarm goes off, and you say, five more minutes. Or you're eating a bag of chips, and you say, one more chip. Or, you, right, you, you're, or, or you're upset, and you say, you know what? I'm going to be angry for five more minutes, right? We all know that trick. But says the Bali Musser, says, Nachwabrik speaks this out, that how about using it in the opposite way? When you're frustrated, annoyed, or angry, what do you do? You say, you know what? 
I'm going to be calm for one more minute. I'm going to not be annoyed for five more minutes, whatever it might be. Right? So you can, so you can, um, you can use that tendency and it really works. I can't tell you how many times I was studying or, or upset about something and you kind of say, you know what, let's just work a little, a little bit harder, a little, little boy, and it'll be fine. So that's a tactic to use. Now, here's a really, really important thing to, to, uh, to recognize. There are two types of frustration. There's the better type and the worst type. The better type is, I know I can do this. It's just being really a difficult, right? Like most people who have prepared for the holiday of Pesach. We know every year, I know I've been around 40 Pesachs. I've been cognizant for some of them. And, and you know, every year comes Pesach, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have Hametz on Pesach. I'm going to have my matzah. Everything's going to be ready. It's just the question from whenever you start till you get ready, how much anno annoyance and frustration are you going to have? So that's type number one. Now, that type is relatively easy to deal with. It's not easy. But you can always tell yourself, I know I'm going to, like even right now, I know tomorrow night we have to check my house for comments, right? And we have to check the cars and check my office. And we're not ready. We are not ready. We don't even know what we're doing tonight. That's, thank God we're in a good situation. Um, but uh, we just don't know what we're doing. So, but I know that there's never been, I know come next, I come Shabbos, we are, are going to be ready. So that's what I keep telling myself. And now I keep trying to tell myself that. Uh, today we made our, um, you know, as you know, my wife is expecting really any day. So we, we made today, we went shopping for our hospital Passover food box. They, they, they let you bring a box to the hospital before because they don't have so much Passover food there. So today I went to the store for a couple hours trying to find single serve kosher for Passover. Um, you name it, because especially this year, it, it could be in the hospital for three full days if we go on the, on the holiday. So that's a lot of food. So I, I found many, many tinny jars of matzo balls and, and all kinds of, uh, I found a dried kosher for Pesach salami. It doesn't even need to be refrigerated. So, you know, this is something I never did before. I spent two by a couple hours today trying to put together this dry goods Pesach box, which is going to go in the, uh, going to bring to the hospital tomorrow in case we need it on the holiday. So that's one type of frustration. But type number two is the one you really want to stay away from and you want to somehow move all your frustrations from B to A. Because A is when you know, I can do it, it's just hard. Frustration B is that you don't know you can do it. And that's why you give up. You're like, let me the first, like last year. Last year, we never had, had did a full Pesach in our house, kind of a week before Pesach with COVID. We had to decide, that's it. We had to buy, spend a couple thousand dollars buy everything for Pesach, and, and um, we did it. And so that's something that we didn't never do before. 
But the idea this year, for example, would be if I would start to get nervous, well, we never made pay. I don't know if I can make Pesach. Well, the goal is to put things from B to A. Because really most things you can do. Now, how do you do that? If I think I can't, then how do I move myself to the point that I can? So first thing you do is you look around. Let's say a person looks around. Think about something that you're anxious about doing or nervous about doing. Look around and see other people that have done it. Maybe best is to look at people who you think are less capable than you, less smart than you. And you're like, huh, that person was able to do it. I for sure can do it. If you actually look around, you'll be able to see that people, people are able to do things. Most of the things that you want to do, other people have done it. Look around. There's for sure people not as smart as you, less capable, less qualified, who were able to do it. And that's another way you could take a, a negative quality and make it a positive quality. Usually, like, oh, I'm smarter than that person. Uh, right? Here you can use it to your benefit. So, you know, if I, I know I'm smarter than them. If they can do it, I can do it. Or sometimes when you look at other people, you think, ah, you know, they always look like a million dollars. They always look put together. They never get flustered. When you look a little closer, you ask them, you'll see, you know, they get pretty frustrated too. And I, and there's no question. I don't know. I don't know anybody. And I know a lot, a lot of people. And I know a lot of people very well. And I don't know anybody who doesn't have their issues, doesn't have the things they're not good at, doesn't have the things that get them annoyed, that get them angry. And I know a lot of high-level quality people, and then one has their things. So, so uh, you know, it's not something to, to get nervous about. Now, when you that's if you look at it from a purely psychological, intellectual level. But when you bring in the spiritual, if you're trying to do something that God asked you to do, then you can be a thousand percent sure that you can do it. Because God wouldn't ask you to do it if you couldn't do it. That's the rule. God is, is not a prankster. If God asks you to do something, that means that you can do it. So when you bring in that spiritual component, then really, you never there's never, quote unquote, ever a reason to really get frustrated or, um, or, or, or annoyed. So, but even if you look at the spiritual angle, angle, you can look at it at the intellectual angle. That's the way to go. In general, we understand now, for example, when I had my heart surgery five and a half years ago, I understood that to fix my heart, there would be some pain. So we all know that to, um, that we have to accept pain for progress. For some reason, we have a loose screw, and we think that frustration is something that we can avoid. We think, well, every just you know, this, the same way that applies with this, in the physical world that they, generally speaking, no pain, no gain. When it, in the emotional world, it's that way too. And, and uh, just, 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 just you got to be able to accept that frustration is is a part of life. It's a part of anything productive. It's a part of studying Torah. It's a part of mitzvah observance. It's a part of relationships. That's, you know, I'm not blaming anyone and having to everybody, but, you know, uh, you know, they, they you know, 
the, the biggest challenge in relationships is is not being is being able to persevere through the inevitably hard times that all relationships have, and uh, it's just it's just what it is. Now this is all being able to manage frustration, manage annoyance, but if you want. This is a way to wisdom. Way to wisdom is never just about how to manage things. That's the level one. How do we learn to love frustration? I'll show you that you already love frustration. When you go, when you buy a puzzle, what are you basically asking for? You're asking for some frustration. You're asking for a healthy dose of it, but no one wants a puzzle that's numbered at least not once you're over five years old, right? So we, we actually do love being healthily frustrated. Imagine a computer game that you pressed one button and you won the game. We all love competition. We love games. We love videos. We love the ability. So what's, what's a great game? Who are the, I have a friend who works for one of these video games, brilliant guy. He, he's been involved. I think where he, he used to work for Atari. I don't think Atari's even around anymore. That was all the little video games I had when I was a kid. But now, whatever it is, and a good game is when it's it's enough frustration that you enjoy it without giving up. If it's too hard, you give up. So the cha- so what, the thing is in the game of life that God's created, God knows for each and every person the perfect game. Enough that it's hard enough that you can play the game, but you don't have to give up. And that a person can welcome that. I know myself on the basketball court, right? Or or in certain fundraising or certain organizational challenges. I'm like, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. Everyone has things in life that they feel they're excited about the challenge. Really, a person can, in theory, every situation in life is meant to be that way. Every situation in life is meant to be an opportunity to bring it on and grow from it. So the pleasure in frustration is the pleasure of the discovery of every step. If we can learn to see that instead of being frustrated, it's like, oh, one sec, okay, I'm going to get this. Now, the only way to do that, though, is to break things down to bite-sized things. And that's what Judaism does. That's why Judaism has hundreds of commandments and thousands of customs, because a person can feel success after each one. I can make a blessing on a drink. Wow, I made a blessing. I can go through the Seder. I did Kiddush. I did the cups. I did the Murr. I did the Karpas. When you break things down to small pieces, you can appreciate and enjoy the challenge of it. If you if you have these huge things, you're never going to enjoy them. So happiness is an obligation. But the way happiness, you can always be happy, is you. Th- let's say you ask yourself, did I, in, did I experience 10 pleasures today? Most people you ask, they'll be like, nope. Well, if you broke your day down, you for sure, even if you're having a horrible day, you have had many pleasures. Just this morning, I got up, I learned the Gemara, went to davening, got a haircut. Wow, I got a haircut. Heaven knows, the feeling after haircut, it feels good. Then it was a beautiful day in Providence. 
I roll down the window. Ah, fresh air, right? Then you get out of the car, right? If you if you're actually paying attention to the myriad details, then then instead of being annoyed or frustrated, you can actually see how much success you're having. Is a fit, uh, so the best way to look at life really is to look at life as one big puzzle. Every situation, I know my um, one of my rabbis once years ago was dealing with a challenging situation, and he told me basically this advice. He said, "Look at look at it as a as a, as a puzzle. Look at it as as, as something you want to you know you know you, when you have a bit, a very good opponent in a in a game in a board game or a physical game." So you start thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with it? You know, and I start doing it. You strategize. Life is one big game of Stratego. But the best, best way, these are all nice techniques and good ideas. I'm sure we all know them. Good to remind ourselves of them. As we say every morning in prayers, Talmud Torah Keneged Kula. That studying Torah is... It's as strong as anything. What what's so strong about it? Because the best way to deal with frustration and annoyance and anger, as we already said, is clarity. When you have clarity, and the best way to get clarity is through Torah. When you study Torah, you connect your mind to the eternal. You connect your mind to the, that which is clear, and you're able to just to just have more more clarity about. A lot of things. We've all had aha moments. Things are like, Phew. you're angry, and then you get clarity, like, what in the world am I angry about? You know, imagine someone's banging on a door. They say, would you open up the door? And behind you, the guy, you see the person who you thought was behind the door. They're right behind you. They're not even behind the door. Right? So when you have a clarity moment, things just stop. Now, why do we get so, why, why do we quit? Most of us quit things. We tell ourselves, why, what do we tell ourselves? I'm wasting my time. We all know that wasting time is the worst thing because time is the biggest commodity. So the question we have to ask ourselves when we quit is are we really wasting time by 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 continuing this? In all likelihood, we're not wasting time. In fact, we're wasting time by quitting. Then you have to start something else again. And also, you you know, for example, uh, people want to you want to go you want to sit on the beach for five hours. Most people can't sit on the beach for five hours without distracting themselves. But after half an hour, you're bored. So. The worst kind of failure is wasting time. And most often when you quit and when you get angry, when you get annoyed, you're wasting time. Now, one of my teachers told me this one's a good suggestion. I don't know anyone who's ever takes them up on this, but I, I heard someone did it once. Is somehow, if you can have, now today is easy with phones. When you get angry or annoyed or raging, record yourself even better videotape yourself and when you hear and see how ridiculous you look and sound you'll never do it again or you have a hard time doing it again and you're like really 
that was me. I said that. I did that. And that's a very powerful thing. The reality is it is a tough world. We got to use our, our brain to be intellectual. And we say, look, if this is a valid thing to do, then we can do it. And as always, we keep saying the most important thing is if you know what you're living for, you won't get derailed. You have a good mission statement. Companies like that don't get frustrated. They stay true to their mission. You shouldn't make decisions to stop things out of frustration or agonizing. You make decisions from strength. And in Jewish consciousness, the Valley Muster talk about Often, if a person does something wrong and they're losing confidence in themselves, some of the great Bali Musa used to have these tricks they would do. These Bali Musa, they would say, you know, I'm not going to touch my nose for 30 minutes. Let's try it. It's not an easy thing to do. During COVID, actually, we've learned how to do that. There's a lot of things we've learned how to do, like not touching your face, right? Like, you know, that's what everyone was saying at the beginning. At least don't touch your face. Now people are capable of not touching their face. So when a person does that, they say, you know what, why? If I can not touch my face for a half an hour, I bet you I could do a lot of other things. So just a quick review, and then we'll make some quick Pesach connections. Why is this a way to wisdom? How do you become wise? Because when you lose your temper, temper you basically become a loser. We're all losers. We're a, a momentary loser. And quitters never win, and winners never quit. Obviously, there's exceptions. But as a rule, and uh, as my teacher, Rabbi uh, Gibber, said, givers aren't quitters. Uh, that's something uh, I definitely learned from uh, many people, but Rabbi Gibber has been very helpful in, you know, in, in, in helping me see through many, 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 many projects. Um, and uh, the biggest problem when we when we quit on things, then we lose uh, our own self confidence. We lose credibility. People don't want to count on us. And the famous thing it says in the in this in the writings: Sheva Yipol Tzadik Fakam. A great person is a person. Part of being great is falling seven times. And all you say, Thomas Edison, he made five thousand light bulbs until he made one that worked. Ben Franklin, whatever you go through, all there's all kinds of stats. I think Abe Lincoln uh, must have. Uh, he lost tons of races before he became president. I don't know what it was. A whole bunch, whole bunch of them. So just a couple of quick Pesach connections with this idea. The Talmud says that Jewish people would never sin if not for the yeast in the dough. What's the yeast in the dough? The yeast in the dough is the ego. The ego. Our ego is how you get angry. So Pesach is when you get that chametz out, the great rabbis and you know, these great women, they used to they used to think about when they got rid of the chametz, they're getting rid of their ego, and that's uh, and that's certainly what we're talking about here. On Pesach, we talk about being free, but all everyone knows being free means being free to choose to do something, not just to be free to be bored, and and that's what we're talking about here. If a person knows what they're looking for, then they uh, then they they won't get angry. You, 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 you stay on course. People who are bored, people who have nothing to do, that, that's when we get angry, and we, and, we all, and we all do that. Pesach is the time when we reinforce our core beliefs, our beliefs as a people, our belief as families, 
our belief as individuals. And, and again, when you have those core beliefs, you don't get derailed. You, you, as they say, if I think a famous person said who it was, you know, don't forget that the main thing is the main thing. You don't get derailed. And lastly, that one of the big messages of Pesach is that we don't need something new. We don't need things new. Things that for the past Jewish people for 3,333 years at this point. Right? That's what this year is. We have been doing, yeah, we have some different styles, a few different things, but we've basically been doing the same thing for a very long time. And a lot of times you want to stop and try in this new thing and that new thing. And it's okay. It's good to be a little bit experimentative and try things. But the bottom line in general is don't stop what works. Judaism works. A lot of things about it work. And you do it and you stick to it. You know, just yesterday someone told me um, uh, that, you know, they, they get excited about Judaism and then they have like two weeks at a time that uh, they just don't feel it. And I said, welcome to the club. You're Jewish. That's what Jews do. We get excited about our Judaism, and then we get not excited. And the ones who are most successful are the ones who keep going even when they're not excited. Right? Unfortunately, what happens is, is that's how a lot of uh, spinoffs of Judaism have started. People have gotten bored, and they try something new, and then it doesn't work out either. Um, right? So we should have a beautiful Pesach work on ourselves and take everything in stride and we should have a you know uh, however big or small it is this year uh count our blessings and grow from it and uh, have a beautiful pesach good pesach thank you